0: Uh, and I'll, give you, uh, I'll give you my main
1: scripture, uh, my main text. Anyway, that's your second one, if you've found it up there. I'm going to skip the first one and come back to it at the end. And uh, Anyway, uh, scripture's from Romans 12.2. I'm going to read one just to put it in context. So, Father, I'm just asking, Lord, you just help me to give them what they need. In Jesus' name, Amen. Says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I'm a King James person, so I will try to interpret (laughs) if it needs some interpretation. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. So transformed in its uh, Greek root is the word metamorphosis. So what God wants us to do is have this this translation, this change, excuse me, uh, like the the butterfly change, we're we're familiar with that. You know, you go from one stage to another, and God wants us to prosper. It says, "Be transformed by the renewing of your mind," and a lot of our our battles are between our ears, really. I mean, uh, the Lord shows us how to combat things, and He gives us so many scriptures. That would transform our life, that if we were to sit down and read through them, the presence of the Lord shows up so so Ben knows Ben knows that my uh I usually what happens to me when I sit down to study is I just start thinking about all this stuff, and a lot of it's good stuff, but it needs to be this big, <laughs> not this big, okay. And so it becomes a job for me. I think for Ben, it's easy for him to zone in on things, easier. And for me, sometimes, so I sat down with these words and I said, well, how would they be transformed this morning? And I can't do that. God has to do that. But the thing is that this word itself transforms you. And so I sat down. And I just started reading the Word and reading the Word and reading the Word. And I was having a great time. But I wasn't getting things here. I was getting things here. And, and what it's doing to me is filling my spirit. And that's exactly what God wants to do for us. It says, you know, when we're, when we're saved, that old things pass away. All things become new. And it's true that spiritually, we've entered another realm. You know, something that we've been blinded from, it says in Corinthians, that we're blinded, the devil has us blinded prior to salvation. So if you haven't committed your life this morning, then you're in the right place. But we are going to review some of these things, and they are things that strengthen our faith. And that's what God really wants. The enemy is busy trying to take your faith, because if he can take your faith away from you, he can defeat you. And God's not pleased without faith. He's pleased in our faith, right? And when you read in the Old Testament, it says that we follow their, you know, he shows us, so we can follow their example. But they had all these miracles and all these things happen. They had the law back then. They didn't have the, the Bible that we have today. We have better promises, it says. And we definitely do. We have more authority over the devil than the Old Testament did. And, and the Lord wants us to operate in that authority. and uh, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And God's word will renew your mind. So we need the word, the word of God mixed with faith. And faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. So in order to hear something, someone has to speak it. Makes sense, huh? Well, in uh, Mark 11.24, Jesus talks about speaking to the mountain so it'll be removed, because speaking activates the Word of God, that's what activates us. It's us speaking it. So you can go home and you can take the Word of God and you can pull out a verse from the Word of God. You can speak that Word of God, your spirit hears it, the devil hears it, and the Lord hears it. And you can continue to speak that word, because this word is revealed. It's revealed to us, and it's not a matter of necessarily your intelligence, but it is a matter of his revelation, and he wants to reveal it. And when he reveals it, it speaks to you. It speaks to your heart. And we receive a lot of things in our mind. That's why the Lord compares... He compares what we're hearing, right, the word of God, to seed, and he has all these different grounds it falls on, and some build, you know, turns into a hundredfold, and some is stolen, and so there's these different soils that really represents us. The seed is the word of God, so God wants us to be able to receive this, this word, and it isn't always immediate. Our reception, our understanding isn't always immediate. And that's why you'll read in in the Word how, particularly in Joshua, Joshua 1.8, Joshua got some advice and here's the guy who's going to lead all of Israel into the Promised Land. He spent all his time with Moses. So he went in as one of the Spies, right, that came back with a positive report. So it's just Caleb and Joshua, two out of ten, came back with a positive report to go in and take the promised land. So Joshua wasn't a newcomer. He'd been with Moses. He'd seen Moses' life. He'd experienced God's presence. And so the Lord gives Moses Joshua one eight says, this book of the law, of course they were under the law, and we are not. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. It's not going to depart, don't let it depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do, so you can observe it and to do all the things that are written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. So Joshua was a new guy. He'd heard that word before. He was right next to the the chief man in charge, right? Really the one who became a mediator between God and man when it came to destroying the Israelites. So it's imperative that we as Joshua, repeat and meditate on the Word of God. Because, and I'm sure you've experienced this, when you read the Word, one time you'll get this. When you read the Word, you're reading the same Word. Next time you're getting more, or you're getting another detail that you didn't get the first time. Somehow you missed it, you know? And so God, doesn't, God wants us to to be fed in a continuous way so that our spirit is fed says man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God so when you read this word you know this word became flesh It. God's thought so much of this word that he breathed, it says God breathed on those men who wrote all the Bible. It was God breathed, and that's why it's so important. Jesus said his word is life. It's life, spirit and life. This word is spirit and life to us. And so it's Something's happened to us, right, way back when. I know we've got some people here probably been born again longer than I live, and I'm 73. So they may have been born, some have been born as children. I've heard their testimony. <laughs> so being born again has its own descriptions, right? Let me give you one of these. It says in 1 Peter 1.23, We're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God that lives and abides forever. God himself is showing up. He's the one that gives us this new life. Now we think we accept him, but it says he, he called us. And that's the way this happened. We yielded. We listened. Right? And many of us, uh, I'll speak for myself, I needed to be set free. So, what needed to happen to me, you you know, I came back from Vietnam and I was very much oppressed. And uh, when I got set free, I felt it lift off me. Just. I think three days later, I gave up cigarettes. I decided that my my body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then I believed the Lord to empower me to give that up. And I was smoking two packs a day, and I was burdened. I was fortunate, I didn't have to go, I was in the infantry, but I didn't have to go to Vietnam and kill people. Uh, even though I was in all those places. And that's what I prayed for when I went over. I, but I I didn't really walk with the Lord. Uh, I went forward when I was 12. Nobody in the church, I don't think it was visitors, I don't think anybody in the church understood how to be born again. You know, how do you find God? So... Um, A a Christian from California came into the tent one day. They assigned him to a battalion headquarters, and that's where they had pulled me out of the field and put me in there. And he was the first man I could ever say I knew he had an encounter with Jesus. And I was 23. That's a long time when you go to church in high school. So be privileged that that God's called you, and He's equipping you, and He's transforming us. And we go from glory to glory, but sometimes we get interrupted, don't we? And we lose our path, or we just, we're not where we should be. And then we have those things that we have to overcome, and then it becomes important to us, or whatever happens, and, and, and we pay attention, and we get focused, and that's what it takes. It takes focus. So, so that a lot of us here, I'm sure, have been born again. And being born again, it tells us in Colossians, we're translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Translated means carried. In the Greek, it's carried. I always felt like the Lord lifted me up, turned me around. It Thank you, Jesus. Set me back down. So, that's 48 years ago. He says he's old. 48 years ago. So the Lord, then it says, Behold, all things have become new. Right? And spiritually, all things are new because we've left the kingdom of darkness. We've come into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, we have reversed our position because we're born into sin it says we're in Satan's camp until we give our heart to the Lord then Lord delivers us he takes us out of that he puts it in his own now Satan is our enemy we're in a position where like it or not you're drafted into the army and it's God's army and now we need to build ourselves up in this most holy faith so that we're strengthened. And that's why we have all these things in Ephesians. It talks about the armor of God. And that's why we, Jesus gives us his example over and over and over and over of all the things that he did in healing, in deliverance. And deliverance to some sounds like a bad word, but deliverance is a real blessing, and it's not a, uh, how do I say it? In one place, uh, one man said this, deliverance is like a loaf of bread. You get a slice at a time. So when we read in the New Testament, people go through deliverance for legion. And then then they go through deliverance for the the one who is out of his mind, not in his right mind, so on and so forth. Extreme deliverances, there are many extreme deliverances of uh, demonic. But there are deliverances when we read the word, we get set free. We get set free in so many different ways. And God wants to set us free when we're reading this. He wants parts of this to minister to us, right? And we have a scripture, let's see if I can find that one, where it says that the word, it actually divides between spirit and soul. And that the word of God is the only, as one man said, the only book that reads you you read other books but it reads you and it starts to to divide the things from your life that don't belong there and he's teaching you how to receive these things and he's, 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 uh, he will show you how to resist the devil like James says resist the devil and he'll flee from you and it's our relationship with the Lord that strengthens us that gives us the faith to go on do any of my notes work up there? You put the first one on? Boy, I can't even see it. Well, you can back there, <laughs> well, can back there but I can't. So look, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Now, if you've had your TV on, you'll know about the spirit of fear. So who gave it to you? God didn't give it to you, did he? He didn't give it to you. Okay. What did God give you? Power, love, and a sound mind. mind. To as many as received, and to them gave he power, authority, to be the sons of God. God doesn't mean for us to be without power and authority. He doesn't mean for us to be without power and authority over the enemy. Because Jesus already defeated the enemy. And he made a show of him openly, it says. And the Romans did that they took their their captives through the streets and paraded them after they won the battle. So when you look at this it says for God has not given us what? Fear. Fear. What is fear? A Spirit. Okay? He has not given us the spirit of fear. Spirits, demonic spirits, as you can see, God didn't give it to us. He gave us a spirit of power. Power and fear don't go together very well, do they? Uh, he gave us power, love, and a sound mind. Not a spirit A spirit, I said. A spirit is known by its activity. Fear. When you deal with a spirit, you're dealing with the activity that's carried on with this being, or whatever you want to say it is. So God again, not give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. So you can rebuke a spirit of fear. You come against it. And when you come against the spirit of fear, you'll get the victory. He's already given you the victory. He's given it to the church. Behold, I give unto you power and authority over all the power of the enemy. That's Jesus. Jesus said that. I didn't say it. So this is part of our inheritance. We're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus. He said we do greater works than he did. So how do we get rid of this? Well, we can definitely go into the word that says you're heirs and joint heirs with him. You're seated far above all principality, power, might, and dominion in Christ. You're speaking, you're more than conquerors, it says. You're speaking from a place of victory, you're not speaking from a place of defeat. Is there a struggle? Yes, there's probably a struggle. Sometimes there is and sometimes there isn't. You pray for some things and they happen, you pray for other things and they don't just happen. John's class is speaking on Daniel. There's two prayers. Daniel prays one, and before he's even done, he's got the answer. And then the Lord tells him, or the angel, I don't remember which, tells him, as soon as you prayed, he, he answered. Then you go to the next one, and the Prince of Persia resisted that prayer. God sent the answer. The same time, in other words, he, he answered the prayer right off. But it took two weeks to get there. What did Paul do for two weeks? What does Paul have to do for two weeks to make this come to pass? Stand fast. This is the mind battle. This is where it gets difficult. Because there's things we pray for, and we don't get them right now. And there may be a reason we're not getting them right now. And the reason we're not getting them right now is we're having spiritual resistance. But you're a little different than Daniel. Daniel didn't come against the enemy for this. But Jesus said you can do that now, New Testament. So this is a learning process, right? Learning how to pray. Learning how to use your authority that God has given you in his word. When he says you're more than a conqueror. So when we read about these spirits, we just kind of go, oh, it's a spirit of fear," you know. You don't really think about it. Sometimes we have to be re- reminded what to do. You know, last week I'm walking through the living room and anyway we get a call and John and Rochelle and a friend are stuck in the boat, stopped. It's in the middle of the reservoir and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, we don't know where we are. We just pulled up to a dock. (laughs) What am I going to do, right? Got a Mercruiser engine in it, it's like a car engine, so might be able to figure something out, but I didn't know, so I told him to loosen the gas cap, maybe you've got you know, pressure in there and it'll start up. And, anyway, my wife walks, my wife wakes me up, my wife walks through the living room. She doesn't wake me up physically because she's a night owl, but spiritually she'll wake me up. So she walks through the living room, she says, let's pray. Oh, <laughs> <a> novel idea! <laughs> you know, you think ah, it's like reminds me. Right, we bought an 1865 house. Nobody else wanted it really. So anyway, we bought an 1865 house, and uh, down in the down in the basement. You're probably back at the boat. I'll just take you to the house for a minute. I'll bring you back to the boat. So. uh... So there's a <laughs> uh, there's a 28-foot chimney through the middle of the house, brick, 1865 house. There's this much concrete under, underneath that chimney on a what's called a Michigan-style basement. It goes like this. And it's built right on the edge of this with just dirt under it. And Don't ask me how they did this. <laughs> And I would go to bed at night, and I would have dreams about that house, because it was big, and I bought it. When you have eight kids, you know, you do what you have to do. <laughs> so I bought it, and uh, this thing is, it, it had it has rooms in it, and I just closed it upstairs off, and uh, a limb came through the roof in the upstairs, and they fixed the roof, but the hole was still there through the ceiling. And we're living downstairs and I had to fix everything in that house. I could go on for the next hour about the house. So anyway, so I would go to bed and I'd be dreaming about this house. And finally, my the Lord spoke to my wife. And the Lord said, tell them to ask for some help. <laughs> Duh! <laughs> right? You know, it says asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find. Well, it's... Nothing in the wallet, where am I gonna get help, right? So anyway, I said, okay, let's ask the Lord for help. So we asked the Lord for help. Within two weeks a brother showed up, went down in the basement, the two of us went down in the basement, we poured six inches of concrete twenty eight feet long. It was all framed up at an angle to support that that chimney. We're we're in the natural world here once we get saved we are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We have a new bunch of instructions. When Jesus said out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water and you just got saved. Wait a minute. What is that? Right? Well, that's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's a manifestation of the spirit and i think when that happens sometimes that happens and you're you know that god's speaking through you god's using you and you know that something's going on and i believe that's what jesus is talking about and at that point he says he said that the holy spirit hadn't come yet because he hadn't left but we are introduced to a new realm we operate by five senses and then we get saved. God starts communicating to us through our spirit. And He has opened up this word that once was foreign and may have dribbled in one ear and out the other. He opens up communication to us. He wants to talk to us. He says that the Holy Spirit, now the Holy Spirit's here. He's. Jesus is with the Lord. He ever lives to make intercession for us. But the Holy Spirit is also speaking to us. He wants us to pay attention. Sometimes he gives us little thoughts. We should minister to someone. We should go do this or we should should go do that. And we have to listen. Does that make sense? And then we have to line it up. You know it says in James communication from the Lord it's easy to be entreated it's easy to be received it's without shadow of turning. in other words, it's not this way today and that way tomorrow And so God has a way of speaking he says where there's strife and confusion there's every evil work. that's two different kinds of communication. one's from the Lord and one isn't. one, is from the Lord, power, love, and a sound mind, and a spirit of fear isn't. Does that mean that the world isn't going to have fear, or you're never going to have fear? It says no. It actually says in the Old Testament, be not afraid of sudden fear. Because we have things happen to us, and all of a sudden, you know, Tim was talking about, I... I heard her that time. She was talking about, uh, you know, because the Lord is communicating with us. He's trying to communicate with us. If we, we have to listen. Sometimes we have to get in a quiet place, right? And she was just talking about, well, if you have peace, you can do things. And she was relating about peace. But we get in these situations where the Word doesn't answer the question. God wants you to get a different job. Well, I don't see that in here. What job should it be? And I remember that happened to me. They said My cousin said to me, you know, when I lived in Massachusetts, they're giving a, over there, those guys are making more money than you are. They're on commission, da-da-da-da, you know, and all this and that. And so I got in prayer, you know, and I'd stay in prayer. and And then I just, I get a red light or a green light. I'll just have to say what it is. And sometimes... It's a people are talking to you, and or you're hearing something, and you know it isn't right, and you're getting this. Um, uh, what, I, what word do I want to use? Well, you do get a check. Sometimes you will get a check. Someone will say something to you, and all of a sudden it's just like that in your spirit, and it's wrong. And sometimes you get this kind of sickening feeling in your stomach, you don't have any peace or any rest with this thing. Or one time I wanted to, I didn't, ha- I didn't, I moved to Indiana with no job. No bank account, no job, okay? Recipe for disaster. <laughs> so, I wanted to get an apartment, it was a brand new apartment. Diana and I were getting married, It's a brand new apartment. So I went to the Lord and said, Do you think I should take this apartment? You know, is this, this your will for me to take this apartment? And this went on for a couple of weeks. These people were holding this place for us, they want us to have it. We looked normal, you know. be plugged in.
0: Don't pull the plug.
1: Probably means something happened. All right. Hopefully you still know about it. So anyway, after two weeks, I got an answer. <laughs> he said to me, if you want the apartment, pay the cost. <laughs> I thought, well... When you don't have a job and you don't have the money, that was good enough for me. We took it. You know, because I felt like, well, God's going to provide, so I'm just going to believe the Lord for it. What happened to the boat? That's what I was gonna say. Oh, yeah, the boat. We prayed. Uh, I called him up and said it might be vapor lock. Unscrew the gas cap. And so we, we still don't pos you know necessarily know what happened, but it started up, and he got home. <laughs> so it reminds me of other things you know, that we prayed for, that we saw. The dog's uh been, you know, uh, Charles Wesley, I think, prayed for his horse, but I'm not that great a guy, so I'm, we're, we prayed for the dog. So anyway, the dog, the little dog, don't know what happens, been limping for at least a week. And so we prayed for the dog, and yesterday it manifested. It's running around, so hallelujah. So God's faithful. We have answers to a lot more prayers than that, but I've given testimony here before. So... What do we need to do? We need to feed on God's word. It's our bread. It really is. It's our bread. One man who was, he had a great healing ministry. He was from, he settled in Spokane, Washington, and he set up healing uh, rooms. And then he sent people out and they stayed with uh, people who were sick for up to 30 days, I think the longest one took 30 days. Spokane, Washington became recognized by the United States as the healthiest state, the healthiest city in the United States. He said, if we could see a person's spirit, they might be thin and emaciated. So we have to feed on this. This is, our, this is our bread. This is our life. This is the thing that makes us strong. This is the thing that gives us faith. Sometimes we just need to quote it. First John has one. You know, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything to, according to his will, he hears us if he hears us, we know that we have the petition we desired of him. Now that's a big mouthful. So, it's a big mouthful by faith. And so how do you digest, how do you do these things? You focus on something, you repeat it to yourself, you read it over and over, you ask Lord for the understanding, You let the Lord increase your faith, and then you act on it. You use it. It says that Jesus exercised to discern between good and evil. And those scriptures that are in James, like I said, you know, the, the information that comes down, it's easy to be received and it doesn't have shadow of turning. It doesn't keep changing. And we are listening to information. I don't want to get into politics. We are listening to information, ministering, fear, that changes all the time. It's always changing. So we know part of it's true and part of it isn't. So how does this help us in the Lord? If we learn to discern between good and evil, what's for the Lord and what isn't, then we know what we're listening to. And we're feeding ourselves with the right stuff, right? The right things from the Word of God to build up our strength so God can use us. Because ultimately what He wants us to do is to be so strong ourselves that we're able to minister to others that doesn't mean you've arrived because you never arrive until you're with the Lord Paul hadn't arrived and look what he did Paul was able to you know we have battles in this thing for instance like you give your heart to the Lord what's the first thing that comes to mind what's the first trial you didn't get saved what are you talking about you didn't get saved that didn't necessarily come from you You've got some free talking going on, and the accuser of the brethren says the devil's the accuser of the brethren. So we need to be able to sort this stuff out. Where's this coming from? Why is this happening? Or maybe we get so much information that isn't good from TV or wherever, and it's conflicting with the good information. And that's the only reason it pops up, because somehow it's penetrated. You know, they used to say you need to guard your eyes, your ears, your tongue. That's why when I was talking about Daniel, in two weeks, let's say that two week period for that prayer, you could have given up and it wouldn't have manifested. James says, if you ask for wisdom, that you shouldn't be going back and forth. So you need to maintain your confession. Maybe I I shared that here. Did I share here last time how the Lord was, I felt like he was tutoring me? I shared it with someone. I'm going to tell you. I just never forget this, and I I know I shared this, that we got a whole bunch of furniture from the East Coast, and I didn't have the money to into the bank account and everything else. This is like a two-week period between the time we said, send us, send it, without the money to pay for it, till the time that it manifested, it came up the driveway. It was two weeks. Every time I thought of saying something negative about this, that I was believing, for it was like the Holy Spirit was right there. Be quiet. Be quiet. And so I maintained that confession. We just confessed good things over this, and then it manifested. It's never happened to me that way since. But God did that. I remember one time I was believing in healing. I was, you have, to, you have to get into the word and concentrate in the word. And someone said to me, I was on a job. If you don't believe in being sick, I said, I didn't say that, I didn't say I didn't believe in being sick. I got sick right then, right then, not kidding. It was gone in a day, but it was, it was an (laughs) eye-opener. So all I'm saying is, you know, some things are easy. They're amazingly easy. It's almost like God's right there with you, and he's walking with the trial with you. And, And it's easy for you to believe for that. And some things aren't. They just aren't that easy, and you've got resistance. And so he's given us power and authority over all the power of the enemy. And we have to read and get ourselves in the word and strengthen ourselves. Amen. So I I don't really have any more, but I would encourage you now. I know Mark knows about this, right? Gideon's International in the front of Gideon's International in the front of some of the Bibles in alphabetical order are scriptures that minister to the specific need that you have here's afraid in fact that's one of them anxious backsliding bereaved bitter critical conscious of sin defeated depressed disaster discouraged, doubting. This is scriptures to live by. Same thing. It says there's books on promises. And I think the last time I was here, I preached on, we are partakers of the heavenly nature through his promises. And there's books on these things where you can actually look up the specific thing that you're having a trial with. Get the scriptures that deal with that issue. Quote them over to yourself. Feed yourself. Yeah, build yourself up so that you can stand. It says, having done all, stand. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Amen. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Praise the Lord. All right. So, um, Numbers, in chapter 6 of Numbers, I'm not going to give you a whole sermon, okay? You're like, wow, okay, we're in a marathon session here. Now, Numbers chapter 6, and it's verse 22, and uh, the header for this on the Bible that I have right here says the priestly blessing, and it was over the, the people, and this is what the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. So it's the nation of Israel, all the Jewish people. It says this, say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites. And then what? I will bless them. Stand up. Do you believe that the name of Jesus is on you? So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've repented of your sins and you came to Jesus and you're born again like my dad was talking about. Then your name is written on, in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's also a name that, that Jesus has for you that you'll know when you're with him. It's I think it's called a secret name or something like that. It's pretty cool. And then there is also the name that you take upon you, the identity. Like you have your surname, and that means that you came from this parent, and you came from that parent, and this is your name. And then you have your spiritual name that is your last name you're the son and daughter of the Most High God God's name is now your name he's given it to you and you have all that power and you have all of that authority bestowed upon you so that when you go out from here you go out in the name of God when you go to work you're standing there in the name of God. You are, do you know who I am? Do you know that move? Have you ever heard that one when you're working? Somewhere? Do you know who I am? Do you know who my parents are? Do you know? what? You are a child of the Most High God. Amen? There's nobody with no mansion and no job that is bigger than that. And so you walk in the full authority of the Holy Spirit. You walk in the full authority and power of God. And according to this scripture, and it says that all the blessings of Abraham are passed on to the children that are grafted in. That's all the Gentiles that are grafted in. That's us that are grafted in to the kingdom of God. All of those things are passed on. So when we look at this, it says the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. If he's got you, you have peace. If you remember that he's got you, then the fear is gone. And you have peace no matter the situation.